All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hey, hello, everybody. I'm Brent Wallace. Uh, if you've been following on Twitter and if you watched our live shows recently, you'll know that Mark Mathot struggles with his internet connection. Uh, so uh, we've, we've apparently contacted some IT people and we've set it up so that it might work. Well, let's, let's just see what's going to happen. Connecting to... The Methernet. Methernet now connected. <laughs> Does it? We did. We, did it work? It's, it, it, it's really creepy. I, I mean, I love the, I love the editing. I love the edits the boys do with Craig and and, and obviously with God No Greg when he comes on too. But um, that was good work. And and you know what? So far, it's working. Is it not working pretty smoothly? This is so Mark Mathot. Welcome to the show. This is an exciting day. Like you look crystal clear. Like four K. You you look like a million bucks. Uh, it, it, okay, this is an honest question. Can you notice the difference, or is it you just saying that? Yes. No. Okay. No. Okay. Oh, this is this is a good start. So, okay, let's see what right. happens. It's you know what we'll call yeah. this a Christmas miracle. The fact you've got the internet hooked up in your house now. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, I've got the cable running for my computer in the. I mean, so for those listening, I run this podcast from my house, obviously in my basement. I'm in my theater, so I've had to move all the big, beautiful couches out of the way. My wife's 
not happy about it. And I've got a weird desk set up here that Wally actually came over to help me with last year. And I've got the Ethernet now cable running all the way up through this room, up the stairs to the uh, the living room. But I've had to hide the cable because I have two toddlers <laughs> that could grab the cable at any minute. So I'm on the clock. It's it's very risky, but we'll see how this plays out. Well, see, I'm excited to see how this goes. This should be a good day. Um, by the way, the Wally <laughs> Mathot Show live brought to you by Sports Interaction. Go to sportsinteraction.com. They are Canada's online casino and sportsbook, sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot for the most competitive odds. They probably all have the day off there today after the big Grey Cup last night when they've got bets on everything. Like, Math, would you ever bet on the length of the national anthem? Like, they just have crazy bets. Yeah, like, well, I'm not a big... Same with the Super Bowl. Yeah, 100%. And I I can relate to the Super Bowl. I I don't watch a lot of football, you know, full disclosure. But I like the prop bets. I love the the national anthem length, the coin flip, all that stuff. I find it fun. All right. Um, by the way, for those who didn't win, my, my, so if you don't follow CFL football, it's very entertaining. Uh, and they give up single points called rouges. And my kids like, how are they up for nothing? So uh, sometimes <laughs> it's a little tough to, to dis- explain to people. But anyway, um, yeah. we've got Sylvain St. Laurent from Ladois coming on the show here in a bit. Of course, uh, I like his friend's title as Chef de Sport better than a sports editor at Ladois, but uh, he'll be here to uh, talk about all things sense. And of course, um, as always, we like to have our guests brought to you by Whitewater. Uh, and if you go to their website, they get all kinds of great deals on all kinds of Christmas things. One of them is called Cozy Hands Cold Beer. Um, it is a collection which includes suspittens made of upcycled vintage holiday sweaters uh, that will keep your hands toasty warm while you hold a nice, cool uh beverage of your choice they're pre-loved mittens meth um and are all one of a kind so each pair is a surprise and unique to you so go to shopwhitewater.ca nice. use the wally method coupon code get 15 percent off uh and do your orders now so you can get them in in time for christmas all right uh without further ado uh because we got a busy show let's welcome in sylvan saint laurent from la Dois, shall we our return visitor how are you i'm great whitewater is the one that uh the brewery that's in cobden right yep Correct. 78 yeah, Pembroke yeah, I, Street. I, I made my first ever visit to, to Cobden a couple of weeks ago because picture this, minor hockey, girls hockey in Gatineau, there are so few teams that you need to, to find opponents everywhere. So I got all the parents from my daughter's team to drive over there on a Sunday afternoon, almost a two hour <laughs> drive for a house league peewee game. And I missed Whitewater, <laughs> but I'm going to make sure to make a visit next time. Nice, nice. So, and Sly, but, Sly and what about like, the... Uh, yeah. What about the Christmas tree behind you right there? I want. What's the story with that? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a Disney character uh, ornament that uh, I believe we found at Costco. Uh, I feel like, you know, <laughs> as you know, uh, you know, my, my Mark Mathoth bobblehead is a mainstay in our family kitchen. Uh, right now, you Good. just put my name on it, so it's covering up the, uh, the, the bobblehead. But I, I think that they, they both go great together. <laughs> There is Wally, something, you, can, but, you um, can take it from here. <laughs> yeah, well, you, I like my tree better, but it's Sylvan's is very nice uh, Costco purchase. Thank um, you. <sighs> can we, uh, before we begin, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Calgary now got shut down with COVID cases. I think they got six plus a team official. Uh, New Jersey yeah. just had another guy added. I think they now have three. Like I saw a tweet, I think it's from Frank Cervelli, that 17% of all NHL players have now been in COVID protocol. Uh, are we going to see, is is it coming soon that there's no Olympics for the NHL players? Is this what this is going to come to, Sylvain? 
I, I don't know. I, I know how much the players want to go. I, I don't know if there's time to, yeah. to, to change protocols and to make it, you know, find ways to, to, to make it easier if a player ever tests positive in, in China. I don't know. It, to me, I, Mark's a former NHL player. He knows just how bad the players want this. And I, I think they hold a lot of cards in their hands. So I, I, I would ask him more than me. Yeah, I'm a, but Sly, I'm with you in a way because obviously I've never played there. But I, I'm torn on it because I know a lot of players look forward to the break, of course. You know, I think that's a selfish thing for the non-Olympic uh, non guys. But in this case, I know with the uncertainty, I, I don't know that players are concerned with COVID per se because, I mean, elite athletes, mostly va all vaccinated at this point. I don't know that there's any issues there. I think for them it's, it's more of just, you know, you're, you're going away and, and it comes down to where the league's now put it on all the players, right? Like Gary Bettman's been pretty open about that, I believe, where he said, you know, it's it's down what the players want to do type of deal. And I know the owners aren't usually ever enthusiastic about it, but I'm torn on this because I, I'm looking at it now. And I think from our point of view, we all want to watch Olympic hockey. It's unbelievable. It's fun to watch. It's very competitive. And we have a monster team again going over from Canada, but I mean, with all these protocols in place, does it suck the fun out of the game for the players? Like, like, do they have to jump through all these hoops now? And if they do happen to get COVID and test positive, what do they do? Do they have to quarantine now during the Olympics for two weeks and miss all those games? Like yes. That, those are questions no. that I don't know. So they do. Okay. So you could be quarantined up to five weeks in China based on five the way weeks? that they have... Yes, and that's the problem, right? Like, do you want to go there, uh, risk getting COVID, and being quarantined <laughs> for up to five weeks? No. What? Yeah. What NHL owner? Like, I can't see how the owners are going to allow this to happen, and and I can't see like you know what they need, and you're going to need one player to say, "I'm not going," and then I think okay. you'll see a whole bunch of players come well, in afterwards and say, "Okay, you know what? I don't want to go either." Oh, that's fair. Okay. Well, here's a question for you, Sly. Have you like over the years, obviously, you've been covering for a long time? What is the owner's perspective on this? Like, I, like, is it safe to say that they don't want the players going because it's so much of a risk? Or, you know, do they want the players going because it's good exposure for the NHL? Like, what's that vantage point like? I, I think owners understand, you know, how their best athletes want to compete against, you know, the best athletes around the world. So they're sensitive to that. But at the same time, I mean... Uh, they're all very much afraid that you send a player over there and, and COVID, you know, uh, not, notwithstanding, you send a player there, breaks his leg, uh, yeah. gets an adductor injury, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you go from a cup contending team to a team who might have a, you know issues making it past the first round of the playoffs. So I, I yeah. think the owners, they, 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 they let the players go and make a little prayer every time. But uh, yeah. I, that's, to, to me, to me the, the, the key right now is I, I'm really wondering if there's time uh, to, to, to negotiate with uh, Chinese officials to try and, you know, soften the, the protocols over there so that if a player or a couple players were ever to test positive, that um, yeah. they, they, they could, didn't have to stay five weeks in China. Because, and, and I think it's in the best, uh, in the uh, Olympic organizing committee's best interest to have the NHL players come, come into the game because oh, they'll bring such a big sure. attention to the games. Not that it's essential, yeah. but I think they would help so much to, to have uh, Ovechkin and Crosby and McDavid over there that uh, I think there, there might be a couple, a little bit of time left to, to, to make sure that, you know, they, they do things differently. Yeah, and, and hockey's got to be the biggest draw during the the Winter Olympics, no? Like, is that not safe to say here? Yeah, I, I'm assuming yeah. it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, this is... And, and you mentioned negotiating with, like, good luck negotiating with China over their health plan. Like, there's no chance <laughs> you're going to get any leeway there. 
Uh, and that's no, a whole other topic time, that I don't want yeah, to get but, into. <laughs> no, but we're, we're talking about the main draw in the sports and, and all the big stars. Yeah. So maybe there's a chance if money speaks a little bit, then maybe I, I see a little bit of a chance. And to, to me, that's the, the key right now. Yeah. I money agree. always saves everything, solves everything. Um, so one of those yep. guys that's hoping to get on the Olympic team, do we think Brady Kachuk will be on the U.S. Olympic team? Is this now a foregone conclusion or is he still got some work to do? Oh, uh, you know what? At the start of the season, I just looked at the names that were you know, playing left wing for USA, and I thought he was in tough. But now uh, mm. he's had such a great uh, sequence of late, and there's uh, so much he brings to the table that other players maybe don't. And we're kind of thinking that this might be a chippy tournament, that I'm starting to think that he has a better than 50-50% chance to be there. Yeah, I agree with Sly. I think... Um, uh, initially, you know, before the season started, you think, ah, okay, I'm a little apprehensive here. I don't know if Brady quite fits the mold. And then with all the discussions on, you mentioned it right there, the chippiness. I keep hearing this from people. I was talking to uh, to, to Gord and um, Noodles the other day at the rink, and they were talking about this too. And I think Brady not only brings that, but it's the leadership that he brings, right? I mean, he's such a fun guy to be around in the room. He's a rallying type of player that in such a short span of time we know how quick that tournament goes you need those guys that can bring players together and um i think mixing his hockey iq in with all of that stuff and his pedigree and that leadership role that he can bring to the team i think he's a shoe in at this point i really do i i'm reluctant to say shoe and that's probably a little dramatic but i would agree with you that it's over 50 50 now for for his chances and they should also take call them if they need good in the room yeah. <laughs> but, but the one thing i wanted to ask mark too and Saturday after the game, when uh, Brady scored three goals, he came up to the, the press conference room and he's, he was still very businesslike, right? Sometimes guys, after a good game, they, they, they like to joke around. He, he wasn't, yeah. you know, in that kind of mood. He was still very uh, businesslike. And, and when we asked him about his personal success, he, he switched it very quickly to the team's recent string of success. And he said something about the fact that after the Vancouver game, and I, we didn't talk about this enough, I think, but after the Vancouver game, when the Senators got beaten pretty bad on home ice, he said that they had a discussion inside a room and that he, players among themselves decided that this was never going to happen again. So I was wondering how much can one leader like Kachuk, you know, change things so quickly in maybe like the course of one post-game meeting in the room. See, that's the first time I've heard this. That's so, yeah, that's, that's huge. And I love, uh, you mentioned it there, Sly, with his demeanor in the presser after the game where he immediately just deflects all that positivity coming towards him on his on his personal accomplishments from the game and he kind of just diverts to his teammates. I that's a leader, you know, and 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 initially when we were talking about who the right captain was, I still think you could have gone with Thomas Shabbat as well. I don't think there was a wrong choice. But yeah, I, I that's huge. And and the fact that he was able to kind of take the reins, call everybody out in the room after that was a bad loss. That Vancouver game was terrible. And you know, that was almost kind of a point in the year where you could lose a lot of interest, a lot of fan base, if things just keep heading south after that game. But the fact that he was able to address it the way he did, which, by the way, this is the first time I'm hearing this. Um, I, I love that. I love that he pulled everyone together in the room because he's a young guy, right? It's easy for younger players to kind of pretend like it's not happening or not really address anything because he's a relatively new captain, obviously, and hasn't been in the league for a long time. So the fact that he was able to muster up the courage to do that Call everybody out in a positive way and say, listen, let's turn this around. That's big. And that, to me, that just kind of solidifies, I think, that the decision to make him captain. So that's that's big. Uh, let's talk about Brady and the success he's had since he's returned. And that's 
we'll call it Brady's bunch of goals because I just didn't put a lot of thought into this particular title. Uh, gets his first career hat trick. It's a natural hat trick. Tenth natural hat trick in Sens history. Uh, the first since Mika Zibanejad back in 2016. In 21 games, Brady Kachuk has 11 goals, 10 assists. That's uh, and he's got only two power play goals. He's like been a force five on five, and that power play has been impressive to watch all into itself. Uh, so. Matthew, you know what it's like to miss, not necessarily miss training camp, but you know what players are like when they miss the time into training camp and have to get back and get going right away. And usually it leads to some kind of injury, whether it's a groin or something. Uh, are you surprised at all that there hasn't even been that much of a letdown throughout this entire thing? Like sometimes they come back, they have the adrenaline, and then there's a little bit of a letdown and they pick back up again. Like there's been nothing. He's been just the same way consistently night after night. Yeah, am I surprised? Yes, I am. I mean, I, and that's not yeah. a shot at Brady. I just didn't think, you know, when you miss training camp, to find your legs and to get your timing down, that stuff takes a long time and uh, a lot of hard work required over the course of those three weeks during camp. So um, you can make an argument, though, that because of his playing style, like he's not, a, he's not an ultra-skilled guy or an ultra-skilled skater. He's kind of that – he just has that weird, unorthodox – playing style that he has that he brings to the ice where he's got that hunched over uh stride and he's gets into those dirty Lumber. areas so yeah yeah and 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 i don't want to again it sounds bad i'm describing a plug at this point he's obviously not <laughs> at that level but he he's the type of player that can miss evidently a bunch of games and just get thrown into the fire and play well and he's, he's done that so um i think that mixed in with adrenaline, that need to feel responsible for your group because you're the team captain. So he's all, he's obviously ultra-focused going in every game right now, making sure that he can drag his teammates along with him. I've been so impressed with his play, really, and I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse here. I mean, we're always talking up Brady's game, but he really has been that good. And I can't overstate this enough how hard it is to miss all of training camp and then just come out and play like nothing's happened, like he hasn't missed a stride. So So good for him. Yeah, I, I'm surprised as well. Uh, the the only thing, uh, the day he was named captain, the day the, it was a Friday in a press conference, um, I, I uh, made a call to his father. Uh, Keith Kachuk was landing in Boston for a weekend of uh, scouting. And the one thing he said, uh, he said, you know what? This kid has worked so hard in the summer. He said, you never saw Brady work so hard. So I don't know whether at this point, Brady had it somewhere in the back of his mind that there was a strong chance that he might miss parts, if not of the entirety of training camp. And he wanted to make sure that, you know, he didn't start too far behind the eight ball. But, uh, I mean, like Mark said, it's uh, everything. Like, I've never played hockey, but everything coaches have told me over the years was that you miss training camp, you spend the entire year trying to catch up to other guys. And for some reason, it hasn't been an issue for him. Yeah, and... and I love that. I love that about Keith, that, that he mentioned that about Brady training in the summer, right? It's such a, it's such an unfortunate aspect of the game when you see some players not take advantage of that time off. You know, when you have a prolonged off season or you miss the playoffs, you've got such a huge advantage over all those other teams that are going the distance by, you know, you take your allotted two to three weeks off, assuming you're pretty healthy, and then you get to work. And when you do that, you come back to camp, you kill the fitness testing, you feel so strong on the ice. And I mentioned this earlier on, right after we, we uh, Mark Stone's wedding, I saw him at the wedding and, you know, he's being a bit of a donkey. He was having a good time. I think he took his <laughs> suit jacket off and he had his dress shirt off. And all he was wearing was his, his groomsman vest, 
but I could see him like he filled out, like he looked like a man, you know, like he's big chest, yeah. big arms. Like you could tell he was working really hard in the summer and um, you nailed it there, Sly. You look at him on the ice right now. He's having his, he's having his pick at the litter. He's able to do what he wants. No one's really getting in his way. He's made such a, he's made such an impact over the last couple of years, fighting everybody that he has to, that all of a sudden you're starting to see it now on the ice, right? And it's going to continue to, to go this way for him where he's got so much time and space. Guys are thinking twice going towards him. And now he's that much stronger, that much bigger. Like he's an imposing guy. So um, that that's a good little insider tidbit that you shared with us, Sly, because I never really realized how, you know, focused and, and driven he was off the ice. And we're starting to see it. And that makes sense. He's only 22 years old. Exactly. Uh, by the way, he leads his draft class now in goals. Uh, I know yeah. he's picked fourth it's overall, huge. so it's not like they just – but he's yeah, he's done extremely well. And the other part is uh, we've seen that Batherson and Norris and Kachuk line dominate. But should there be a little concern with perhaps the lack of secondary scoring on this hockey team? Um, if you look at December and how well the Sens have played in, in the last – especially the five games, I think like Tim Stutzla is the only one with – a I think multiple goals with outside of that top line, like they've got to find somebody else to score goals. Do they not? Sly? Uh, well, you know what? There's another column I wrote a couple of weeks ago, and I started from a memory that I felt like Stutzla and Batherson had a bit of chemistry when they played five on five last year together. Um, I had some people look into advanced stats and numbers don't tell you anything different. Like not like they, they had, uh, success together but I, I wonder at some point if, if you can find a way to, to split those guys up and create two duos but then at that moment the problem is you have to find two qualified players to, to fill in those roles and I'm not sure the Sens have those players uh, on their roster right now yeah and that's that's going to be the problem and I've been I've been stressing on this for the last few weeks too and I I mean I, I know I'm stating the obvious but when you're watching the games all these big games that they're having that they are pulling off these wins, it's the big lines driving the ship, right? Like they're the ones that are that are carrying the lion's share of uh, the offensive scoring. And I think going into last game, that top line was, what, at 44% of the team's offensive production, like for the year at least. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty telling. I don't have any numbers in front of me to compare to other teams. But, I mean, you look at like Nick Paul and Stutzla and, and Connor Brown right now, like that line. And then, of course, I could name drop the third and fourth. But they got to start chipping in. Someone's got to start chipping in at some point, right? You can't just rely on that top yep. line. And I like I like what Sly mentions there as far as potentially dividing up that top line and maybe shifting Batherson with Stutzla or, or something. But, like, how do you do that? How do you break up that top line with all the success they're having, right? You want to see them continue to progress. You know this team isn't going to be making the postseason probably. They're definitely not winning the Stanley Cup this year. So, you know, the wins are important. You want to team, see the team progress. But at the same time, you just want to make sure your cornerstone pieces, your top line core guys are, are moving forward, right? Because you can always interchange the other vets that are coming and going in the lineup. For me, my closing point on this would be I'd love the team to go after another top six forward this summer. I know that's an obvious thing to say, but I feel like we've been talking about it. And we're just not seeing it. And the same thing has happened on the back on the back end. But but if we're going to be talking about the forward group right now, like just the talk is cheap, you know. Like go after a top six yep. guy and bolster that second line because Connor Brown and Nick Paul to me are really good. Are a really good third line shutdown wingers. You know what I mean? Like they're not to me. They're not your offensive guys 
that are going to be giving you secondary scoring on that second line. I don't think that's fair for them. I think you got to know what they are. And for me, the way that they both play together and though their style of play, I see them as a third line. Uh, I see those guys as third liners. So they, they need to make some adjustments. They got to pick up some better players. They just do at this point. You see, that's one of the good things about, uh, you know, the Ottawa market as opposed to some other Canadian markets. You know, Connor Brown is having a dip of production since last year. And nobody, nobody's panicking or saying, well, why isn't he producing like he did last year? Everybody's recognizing okay. that Brown is an amazing hockey player, that he has great qualities, that maybe last year's production was a bit, I'm not going to say accident because he worked for this, but maybe yes. uh, he produced a little, you know, he punched above his weight for a little while. And I totally think he's still an amazing hockey player, but he's not a top six player. Yeah. That's the totally same with agree. Nick Paul. Yeah. So it's not fair. Like, like, it's not fair. It's not fair. And I don't know that they've been getting that much criticism, but when people are highly critical of them, well, he hasn't had a point in a couple games or whatever it may be. I don't think that's a fair assessment. I think it's, I'm just, I know I'm echoing my earlier comment, but yeah, you got to know what you have. And those guys are definitely not those top two. They're not, they're definitely not top two line wingers. I think that's safe to say that's not contentious and that's not an indictment on them. It's just what they are. And I, uh, they got to make some changes at some point. I'd love to see them go after a legitimate top two line winger, at least one where you can yeah. kind of throw in with Stutzla and maybe interchange other forwards if you have to, like Formington or whoever potentially could land that left wing spot on the second line. Yeah, or just point out that they have to be, if this is a playoff contending team, those are not top six players, that's all, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so which brings me to another point where you talk about veterans uh, and we – we saw how oh boy. Sit down you're going to do Matt, this to them, eh, Wally? Michael Delzato, <laughs> yeah, Michael Delzato goes on waivers. We already saw Matt Murray get sent down. Like uh, We'll call this Scouts Honor, brought to you by BEI, because the Scouts are taking a lot of heat. BonisherExcavatingInc.com, uh, they are helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Go to BonisherExcavating.com. Um, I looked it up. So uh, the Scouts, everybody's like, oh, they got to get a bigger staff. Well, I went through every Canadian team's media guide and looked up their pro scout list. And Ottawa is basically in the middle of the pack with three. They have three pro scouts, is what it's listed as. Plus, they have a director of pro scouting, Jim Clark, I think it is. Edmonton has two listed, and the other teams have three or four. Um, there's not a lot of differentiating between it. A lot of teams have more in the amateur side of things, but. I don't think this is on the pro scouts. I think this is on the general manager signing these deals, if you ask me, because uh, can Michael Delzato still play in the National Hockey League? Yeah. Is he a $2 million a year guy? No, right? So should he have been given, a, I don't know, two years at a million dollars a piece and no one would be having this issue whatsoever? I've, right? Like it all comes down to money at the end of the day. We saw this with Coburn and we saw this with Good Branson and even – Back to Johnny Oduya. People are like, why is Johnny Oduya coming in here? He played 51. Good Branson played 36. Coburn played 16. Delzato played 10. Ron Hainsey played 64 that year. None of they those paid signings three and a half sense. million dollars. None of those signings made million sense. Three no. I'm agreeing so, with you. I hate being critical. I hate being critical. Uh, but that is an area, like especially on defense, Wally and Sly. Like, how do you, how do you defend that? I, forget about the term and the money. Look at, like, why are they bringing these guys in? Some of them I was wondering, I'm like, who the, f who's, who's signing off on this? Like, I, I could have told you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, I, yeah. I don't, I'm trying to be careful because I know it's a hard job. 
but good God, at some point, like eventually what with the blind, blind squirrel eventually finds one. Right. But he hasn't found one yet. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess slide? when we criticize, yeah, when we criticize uh, the, the GM and the pro scouting, then sometimes it's easy, like uh, in hindsight, to 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 criticize some deals, like Matt Murray and Evgeny Dadanov, for instance. When they signed those players, I didn't didn't hear many people complain about them at the time. They didn't work out. Uh, they yeah. didn't work out. But Michael Delzato, I I do remember. Well, I mean, um, you know, the weeks leading to free agency. Uh, we heard all those stories that the Sens were going to target top four defensemen. And, and when they signed Del Zotto, uh, they tried to, to, to sell him as a top four defenseman. Well, there was a player who was playing bottom uh, pairing minutes a couple years prior. And he wasn't playing on teams that were you know amazing defensively. He was playing with Columbus, Vancouver, Anaheim. So I felt at that moment when they signed him, well, I mean, it, two things can happen. Either the Sens prove us that they can see things that nobody else can see. Or they're trying to sell something that isn't. Well, now at this moment, uh, Michael Del Zotto is going down to the American Hockey League and uh, where he, he'll be able to play every night. And uh, the, the center's management, not only the, the, the pro scout, but the GM and everybody in between, uh, they, they, they all look bad for this. But, like, I don't get the Michael Del Zotto for two years ago wasn't even in the league and it was on a PTO and suddenly he's now a $2 million a year player. That's the thing that I don't understand, right? If I get adding veteran people to the blue line. They just, I, I don't know what they're seeing that they think that these are the right fits. Um, and I will go back to Dadnoff. I didn't think Dadnoff was the right fit here. He just didn't make sense to me. At, and yeah, at but three years at $5 million, it didn't make sense. Yeah, and, and Dadanoff, but Dadanoff was putting up numbers at least, right? Like I know he was playing with Huberto and, and um, Barkov, but Cough. like, yeah, like you could, you know, at least you can make an argument with him. So I, but you look at the list. Do, uh, do we have a board for the with the, with all the players? Do we? No, we don't have one. I don't think um, so. No. It, in, in any case, it's it's not pretty when you look at it, right? When you look at the at the names and the acquisitions, and they just come and go like a yeah. revolving door. Like nothing is stuck at this point. So I, it's too bad. My only thing uh, because yeah. go ahead. No, sorry. My only thing about the, the, the Del Zotto signing and the Holden transaction is we're, we're not sure exactly what was out there and which defensemen were yes. interested in coming to Ottawa. Uh, on the list mm -hmm. of free agents last summer, the only one that I felt at some point that I felt strongly that would have been interested in coming to Ottawa, uh, should there have been an offer, was David Savard. That was a couple of weeks prior to free agency. and But then at some point, the Habs came in gave him a huge contract and Shea Weber's shoes to fill. And then I feel at that moment, from the moment that offer was on the table, Ottawa would, wouldn't have been uh, so much interesting for him. So we don't know basically which players, you know, Pierre Dorian had to Good pick point. from last year. Yeah, and, and and really quickly on that, I forgot about Holden. I. I like that pickup. That was a good one because he's serviceable. He's consistent. I watched him last game too, and he works hard. He's physical when he needs to be. So that's a player that to me that like that one makes sense, right? And he's not an older guy. Like he's he's still got a little bit of mileage on him. So and I've played with Nick. I know him well enough that he's a really good guy to have in the room. So they 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 nailed one there. But but overall, I think it's been a pretty poor job. Uh, slide. Does this affect? We talked about this. I think Meth in the last show affect. Uh, free agents thinking of coming to Ottawa when they see, you know, Matt Murray go on waivers and Del Zotto go on waivers and guys are being shipped out that have come here and signed. Uh, are we, does this play a factor in perhaps who decides they're going to come to Ottawa? 
I mean, you hate to say so, but I mean, uh, I, I don't know so much about the way a hockey team works out. I haven't played hockey, but no matter what business and what field you're working in, it's all about how you treat uh, your employees right now. You know, there's a work workers shortage, no matter where you, you, you live, what areas you work in right now. And if companies want to attract quality players, then there are a lot of things you can do. You know, you can pay them uh, right and you can treat them right mainly. So, but uh, I'd be curious to hear Mark about this. Yeah. <laughs> This is a hard one, right? Because I got to, I got to toe the line a little bit here. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I look, I, I, you know, I've heard stuff with regards to Del Zotto, you know, that he was a little disgruntled and wasn't happy with the way things were going. And that could be biased towards him just not being in the lineup, of course. And I'm not in the room, so I don't know what's going on there, but um, it certainly affects free agency. I mean, people talk, players talk, you guys know what it's like when you guys both work yep. in the media, you know who's easier to work with and who's maybe not as easy to work with. It applies in all lines of work and it's certainly no exception in, in hockey. We know everything as players. Like I know the nice places to play. I know the good organizations that to take very good care of the players. I know all of that stuff and players talk. And so when it comes down to free agency and you're already kind of a, up against the wall as an organization when you're with the setup they have now. And it's not bad, but it's not great. You know, it's not a sexy place to play by any means. And so you've got to do you the best you can to make sure that at least you're running an incredibly professional environment that players, um, you know, know that they're going to be taken care of in, right? And so, you know, you make up for what you don't have. You know, you don't have palm trees in your backyard in Canada. But maybe you make up for that in other places with the way players are treated or the facilities, the practice rank or whatever. So those are areas that I think probably need to be kind of worked on a little bit. Um, but I mean, you can only do so much. I understand that. And again, another big one is just having a good team, a competitive hockey team. So when you're at the bottom of the basement and it's not a great setup and you're seeing the way veterans are treated sometimes, it's not always a good look. But there's a thing, though. I mean, I, I listened to your show last week uh, with Bobby Ryan. I loved your take. Basically, some of the things you, you said about the, you know, what the players see when they visit Ottawa, um, I, I never considered it in 20 years as a pro uh, hockey writer. But um, the, the one thing I, I thought and I wanted to ask you, though, is you know, I get the feeling that perceptions can change fast once a player settles in town. You know, because, you know, yes. this city is, is populated with yeah. people that come from all over the place. Brent is, is from the Maritimes. I grew up near Montreal. And by the time we move here, we all discover what a great place it is to, to live in. So, so and this is why I felt like guys like Eric Carlson, Daniel Alfredson, Mark Stone, Chris Kelly over the years, and I'm going to forget a bunch of names. Uh, they, 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 Chris they Neal. Sometimes Chris guys, yeah, Chris Neal. Right. Uh, they, they never want to leave once they get here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. And. Now, some of those guys that you mentioned um, were treated like absolute royalty here. So Alfredson, mm -hmm. Phillips, Neal, treated like royalty. So I can understand why they want to stay. I don't believe Mark Stone is coming back. Um, I believe he's pretty pretty happy with where he is. We have had a couple conversations with him, but that's an exception. He's still young, mm -hmm. signed that big deal out in Vegas. Um, but But you are correct in that once you are here and the team happens to be pretty competitive, and the fans are flooding into the arena, which doesn't always happen, but it was happening a little bit when we were seeing some success earlier on when I was here and, and whatnot. And of course, I'm biased because I'm from here. But but I do agree. Once you settle down here, it's a really safe city. 
great schools, you know, good people. It's affordable. It's clean. Uh, those are all things, of course, that 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 are that you realize once you're settled in, right? But when you're landing, like I've said this before, when you're landing at the airport and you get on the highway and all you see is, you know, the Brook Street Hotel, the airport, and the rink, I feel like you're not really doing the city and the organization a service because you're just sort of, you know, segregating everybody out that side of town when you're staying out there. You're not really seeing the market and all the restaurants and all that stuff. So. And these are first world problems, of course, but the topic is about luring in free agents. And that's why we're having these discussions. I know some people were a little butthurt that I said some of this stuff and I'm like, I'm from here. I can say this. Like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on Ottawa. I love, I love living here. I, I came back here after Texas, right? Like I love living here, but from an outsider's point of view, sometimes it can get a little blurred, right? You don't really see the whole picture and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, yeah, my, my, my point was Texas. <laughs> yeah, but my, my point was uh, my, my favorite part from last last season uh, my favorite story was when that neighborhood got together and all the kids you know celebrated Tim Stuzla's first hat trick to me that was Agreed. Ottawa in a nutshell you know, like a friendly yeah. small town uh, with a major league hockey team and, and those are the things and now we are here today discussing about a player whose you know production went down from last season uh, and we're all saying how great a player Connor Brown still is. Well, I, I don't think Good you point. have that in many other traditional hockey markets where players, you know, your neighborhood will treat you so well and the fans and the media will treat you so well as well, even things when things don't go so well. Yeah, that's that's a good point right there that I think a lot of players understand once they come to Ottawa Sly, right? Like if you're in Toronto or Montreal or even some of the teams out West, I mean, if you go on a little bit of a skid personally, right? Like Like on the ice, production's not there the headlines start coming out. People start, you know, tweeting stuff and it gets very negative very quickly. And that can weigh on a player's psyche on a night-to-night -night basis, especially if you're exposed to all of it, right? Like you have your social media accounts. All the young players have that stuff now and they're constantly monitoring it. Like when I was on the bus my last couple of years in the NHL, I can remember sitting there on the bus and all the players a lot of the younger guys ahead of me in the bus, the younger players typically would sit closer to the coaches, as you guys know, and the, the older guys are at the back. Everyone's on their phones and you could see the odd players looking up, you know, they're searching their names on Twitter. And I'm thinking like, oh, no, don't do that. Like there's nothing, nothing good comes from that. And that's that's sort of the mentality that's changing. But at least when you were in Ottawa, as you're to, to, to add to your point, it's so much more positive, right? People are just, people just I seem disagree. to be a little more friendly about it. What? You think people are, are tough here? And here's why. When this team is winning and competitive, like the mid-2000s and a little bit later, if you were struggling, yeah. then we were talking about it. But when the whole team okay. is struggling and everybody's basically struggling along with it with Connor Brown and Nick Paul, there's too many to choose from. So you're so concerned with just getting this team back going. You're okay. not paying attention well, to so, or, uh, Paul and Brown. But you are focused on the good guys. So the top five, we all talk about the top five guys because that's the only positive that there seems to okay. be right now with the way this team is playing. Right. And, and, but what I'm saying is you're not going to get the same volume, right? Like, like when you're in those big right. cities that have 2 million plus people, I know I'm stating the obvious, but that's, that's the point yeah. that I was making. I'm like, you're going to get bombarded with stuff versus maybe five negative tweets after a game or posts about it or whatever. But when you're in those bigger markets, it's just compounded and it's, it's day in day and you can feel the weight on your yep. back. You know, you go to practice and you're just like, Oh, and it's stressful. And then you go home and you're never really getting away from it. That's, that's the point I was making. 
Yeah, I, I just, I just know that we like as a team when you're when you're playing really well, then we're looking to see which guy isn't basically pulling his weight. So that becomes the issue with trying to find those guys Fair to point. talk about. If that makes sense. Um, well, okay, Sly, it Sly, is, when you're it covering, is, although when, it is, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to say like this team. Uh, the way it is constructed right now, we just follow along and just to watch and see how this all plays out. We get frustrated with the ownership and with the coaching and everything because that's where we see the issues and the deficiencies. And we try yeah. to, I guess, support the players as best they can. That's that's fair. And I'll give you that one for sure. And Sly, when you guys are covering games, do you, and you notice a guy's struggling for a couple games or and then we're talking about maybe a significant top six forward or top four D-man. Do you ever think to yourself, okay, maybe I don't want to be so hard on them in this article? Or like, does, does any of that stuff cross your mind when you're about to have a piece come out? Okay, uh, yeah, I'll recognize that and I'll add, you know, a little bit of, of info, personal info. Like if the player happens to be a good person, if the player happens to be somebody that I know for sure, you know, it, it, like it's harder to criticize a guy that's a good person. And for the most part, yeah. hockey players are pretty decent human beings. And yeah. but usually mm -hmm. when, when I was a day-to-day -day, uh, NHL beat writer and I covered like all the games at home and 30 to 35 go games on the road, I would usually wait until the team got on the road uh, away from, you know, the, the media mass where there's only two or three reporters traveling with the, the team. And I would try to sit down with a player because, you know, sometimes you need to, 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 to face those questions. And, you know, when, when you could sit in the corner of the room and go at it with respect. And, and, and I'm yeah, not sure in major markets that, you know, reporters can ever have that luxury. Especially well not said. now. Right now that the rooms are in pre-COVID, but the rooms are so uh, managed where you go in and used to go in, Sly, and you know, and Matthew, you guys would all just be sitting there and you could pick and talk to whoever you wanted or request and they would come out. Now it's you get three guys or none and you all have to wait for one guy to come out. It becomes a completely different scenario. But I will say, like, when I was at TSN, and it's the same now, you people don't tune into the news to watch positive stories, or at least that's not how the news is correct, uh, consumed. It's the same for sports uh, talk shows, right? It's always what's wrong with the team. No one really gives a – like, when the team went 15-2 and two to start one of the seasons with John Paddock, we were like, what are we going to talk about? Because the team's just playing so well, there's <laughs> nothing to grab onto. And so, you yeah. all, like, the worst stuff that happens is always the first things to lead the show, and that's what – whether it sells papers or whether it becomes a first click, that's what the issues become. And so uh, we did that all the time, like uh, all the time. That would be the stories. If I wanted my story on SportsCenter, it would have to be probably what's wrong with some certain player and how he's playing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, sometimes the following of the team in sports is bigger when uh, the team is winning, like people need, like to, to read that everything, you know, that, that, but I understand your point where you say that sometimes yeah. you're looking for new angles, but, but the same can be said when the team is dead last and losing all its games. So, so to me, but uh, I just, sure. I, I started that discussion because uh, last week we, we both spoke to uh, Bobby Ryan for a while and, and Bobby told me, he says, you know what? Uh, I appreciate the media in Ottawa so much because even when I wasn't producing, making $7 million a year, I feel that in other cities, it would have been a nightmare that my, my salary would have been brought back to my face every day and that we, we, for the most part, left him alone. Yeah. Yeah. But so does that make us soft? <laughs> you know what? It can be regarded that way or softer. 
but I'm not sure that that particular aspect um, makes us worse. I, but I will say fair, right? Like I, if I knew if I was going to do a story and I had to go in the locker room the next day, that the story had better be fair. Like we can say right. Bobby Ryan hasn't scored in seven games and he's struggling and is seeing his ice time cut. That's all fair. And you let him tell you why he's struggling or whatever. But I knew that if you yes. had to go in the locker room the next day, you weren't going to take his legs out on it because you just you just had to be fair. And that's the only thing I ever wanted to do with the reporting was just be fair and honest. And the golden rule of sports journalism to me, and I've learned that pretty quickly in my career, is make sure that everything you write about a player, you're prepared to say in front of the player's face. Uh, and same goes with the coach, the, yeah. the GM, the owner, every single time. And that's being fair to me. I agree. So like, let's go on to our next topic then called Farm Fresh. Uh, I don't know. It brought to you by Gong Show. Uh, they still have their buy one, get one sale going on right now. Go to gongshowgear.ca. Um, what's better for a loved one than getting a Wally and Mathot lid for Christmas? Um, so Matt Murray is down uh, in Belleville, and so now is Michael Delzato. Uh, Murray had his first start. made He got the win, a 3-2 win. Uh, do we see Matt Murray come back to this team this year, or do we ever see him play again for the Ottawa Senators? And is he a buyout consideration with $15 million left on the next two years of his deal? Sylvain St. Laurent, I'll start with you. That's a tough one. You know what? I see him, first of all, coming back uh, at some point this season. Um, especially if, like, apparently yesterday was a good game for him in Bridgeport. If he can string a couple of those good games, first of all, um, he, you know, the sense right now, Forsberg has been okay at times, but but at, at his age, he's probably not more than a you know, very good number two goalie. Uh, Gustafsson, like every young goalie, is at ups and downs. So I feel that at some point, the sense will need another option in goal. And I think Matt Murray right now is the most suitable option. And they will bring him back if he goes well in, in Belleville, if all goes well, because if he comes back to Ottawa, even if he's not part of the long-term plans anymore, if he comes back to Ottawa and plays a bit like an NHL goalie, plays better than he's played before, then maybe he picks up a little bit of trade value that you don't need to buy him up at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. And I think at some point, I mean, and even if he does play pretty well like you'd probably have to retain salary too right i'm is, is that fair mm -hmm. to say guys so yeah i, would I mean think so. it, yeah. is the team willing to do that i mean i don't know yeah but uh, they're in a tough spot because you, you you nailed it right there slight like you're getting you get these monster performances out of nowhere from any given goaltender at a time like at the start of the year i think we were kind of shifted towards gustafson right he had a couple really good outings now we're all on yep. the the forsberg train because and, and understandably so he's earned that but you know I, i'd like to see more consistency from one or the other right now where we can make a firm decision on it because it's like he's the flavor of the month right now is forsberg right and i'd like him to be more than just that and i think but you nailed it there as, as far as the age discrepancies go and gus is a little younger but like what do you do at this point i know the good news is this isn't a team that is like put together ready to win a cup right at least you can afford to handle some losses due to the goaltending and it's not the end of the world but at some point you have to make a decision here you can't you can't just keep flip-flopping between the three of them i was waiting for sleepy uh, oh, no, I, I, I can add on if you want to i just it's your show it's the volume of thought show but, but with yeah, Sly, but I, yeah, special I, guests like we made we made a graphic sure. and everything for you <laughs> yeah no i i i was i was gonna say that um that that uh, 
I feel that, and and I think like I've spoken to a couple of people who are involved with goalies when he when he first went down, and a lot of people think that you know at some point he needs to 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 step up and take ownership of a situation. Yet at the same time, he was put in a situation where he didn't get lots of practice uh, for for lots of, for many many months. Like it, from the moment the training camp start, he never got a chance to practice for a long yeah. time. And we all know right now with goalies, you know, so much relies on technique on habits, on repeating the same movement over and over again. So some people that I know that work with goalies, because I don't understand goalies half the time, but those people seem to think that maybe there's something to be salvaged there. Yeah. And and what do you do uh, about, one... what do you do about the three goal? Like, how do you get in good reps when you've got three goalies up at the same club, right? Like you're constantly yeah. having to rotate and share the net. Like for those who don't really understand, you know, in a normal practice, you know, you've got three guys, so at some point you have to switch out, let the other guy get reps. It's just a, it's a mess, and uh, that's another thing that I was trying to wrap my mind around. I'm like, I'm wondering how they're managing all of that, so that when you mention it's like, okay, Matt Murray starts stringing together some wins, and they think, okay, we may as well bring him back up. We're paying him an arm and a leg. We should have him up at the big club. Then what do they do? You know, then I don't know. I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, uh, I, I think. I, go ahead. It well, leads me to my next show. point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. Uh, it, okay, so this now DJ Smith said, I, I'm gonna, I forget the day. Was it on Saturday? Uh, we're going to switch. So we're now in a different focus. We're into December and we're switching to development. We're not worried about whatever, being a playoff contender or any of that stuff. Um, and now the team's starting to win hockey games. So now the fans are like, well, why? I don't understand if we're trying to win here. Why are we switching? So the point I have to make is are they now playing, as we said, the end of last season, carefree and loose because there's no expectations whatsoever placed on these guys night in, night out so that they're going out now and just playing hockey. Uh, Meth, I'm going to start with you. So, so you're saying that the team's starting to see some success because of the, just the, there's nothing there, on the there's table. There's no expectation. There's no pressure. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could make it. Yeah. I think it's a little early to assume that's a tough one because I I could understand that when there's like the home stretch. I know what that's like when there's like 20 games left, you're clear cut out of it and you're just playing completely free, you know, in your mind, you're, you're okay. You're not worried about making mistakes, but there's still so much pressure on this team. And, you know, we're not even at Christmas yet. There's still with like 57, whatever amount of games left. What's and, the pressure? You know, the, the, well, I mean, to uh, your, your own, the onus is on you as an individual to play well, right? Like you want to go out there and, Make your mark, establish yourself as an NHL player. I mean, we're looking at a team with a lot of young players still. And sure, there's some of them like, you know, Nick Paul, Brown. Some of these players have obviously established themselves as NHL guys. But I think for me, at the very least, these a lot of these players are motivated on a personal level to at least get a little bit of success so they can move forward and remain in the NHL. Uh, but, uh, you know, from a team point of view, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not in there, but I think... I wouldn't have that conversation just yet, Wally. I think that would apply more with like, you know, a couple months left to go in the season. The trade deadline is behind you. You can move forward. That's when you can start having that conversation. But right now, I still think there's a ton of pressure on them. They don't want to be a laughing stock, Wally. They want to be a they don't want to be that team that people just kind of scoff at and don't take seriously. I, I get I think that. They're still in a position, you know? But but what they but what DJ has done is effectively say there is zero pressure on any of us to now put a, a win together because we're just in the development stage. So now they just yeah. get to play. So if they lose, everybody's like, 
ah, no big deal. And if they win, they're like, yeah, yeah that development's coming along nicely. That's all I'm trying to say. Sly, you can each touch players on that. out there. Jo Josh Norris wants a new contract, obviously, and he's going to get paid. And there's other guys yeah. looking for contracts. So I get the individual part. Just as a team, there's no pressure on them to necessarily win hockey games. Well, hold on a second, though. Could uh, the, the DJ, uh, you know, G comments about uh, switching to development. Could that be in some ways uh, a clever way uh, for, for a coach to, to just maybe maybe take a bit of pressure away from the players at some point? You know, mm -hmm. just the way that at that moment yeah. the team was getting buried, beaten badly. So maybe that, that that's uh, just a, a piece of, you know, good coaching for, from DJ. But to me, the pressure, I agree with Mark, the pressure is about leaving the basement. You know, at the end of last season, this team showed that it can have some level of success. And at some point, those young players aren't so young anymore, so they need to show improvement. Like finishing 30th, 31st, or 32nd this year would be a disappointment yeah. in my books because this team has showed that it's capable of improving, and at some point it has to move up. So to, I, was, I placed the center somewhere around 20 to 22 this year, 23, and I thought this yeah. team for sure could achieve that. Yeah, and, and and I think it comes, you nailed it right there. From my experience playing, there's nothing worse than being in that bottom tier. Like you lose, you lose sense of pride. You don't feel good about your game as a team. And I can still remember it. You know, when you were playing on a good team and you're stepping out on the ice for warmups, you feel good. You've got like a, a strong sense of pride where you know the other team is thinking, oh shit. Like we got to play against these guys tonight. Like there's not a better feeling as a pro athlete than that. You know, like knowing that you're the man or that you feel really good about your game and there's a good chance you're going to beat them tonight. And that's that's something that I think players strive towards and that's team success. And that's something that I think they want to get out of right now. I understand the question though, Wally, and it's a very fair thing to assume. Yeah. I just think it's still a little premature for that. I think this group is highly motivated I think they're just a little understaffed right now uh, from a personnel standpoint. And it's unfair to some of those core pieces because, I mean, man, you look at some of these top guys and they're legit. And that top line, you know, they're driving the bus. But if you could fill that in with a couple extra pieces, I think this team would have a much different, you know, look. Yeah. And the way you just spoke, it uh, just uh, put a great big spotlight on this week's road trip when the Sens show up on the road. Now they've had their success at home and now they have to play the Panthers and the Lightning. Both both yep. games on the road. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, it's a busy month. Absolutely, um, Sylvan. We're going to let you go because we've taken up enough of your time. Uh, but we appreciate you stopping yeah, we don't by. Pay Always good and insightful. You are comp no, we can't afford to. But well, we <laughs> bought you an Ethernet cable. Is um, we uh, you're comp you're you're uh, criminally underfollowed on Twitter. I suggest everybody go find you on Twitter. Uh, and start uh, to listen to uh, the stuff that you have to say because it's very valid, it's very well thought out, and it doesn't come with an angle, which is what uh, we appreciate when your journalism skills. So, Amen. Uh, Sleepy, thanks for stopping by. You guys have happy holidays, and I'll see you soon in the new year. Thanks, Sly. Thanks, buddy. Same to you. There goes Sylvain Saint Laurent from Le Dois. Uh, one of the, uh, he's just a star. Like he's underfollowed, but he's a really good what he does, and it's really well thought out. So. Um, yeah. If you get a sec, just follow Matt Ledois. And you can even Google translate the whole thing if you can't speak French. Yeah, um, he's terrific. But that's Great it. Follow. Um, Wally, I uh, want to make a comment here quickly. Yeah. Hang on, just one quick. So during the show, my wife sent me yeah. a text. <clears throat> it's not good. Oh. And uh, she goes, 
this is around like 1.30 because I've got the Ethernet cable okay. now, right? She goes, the Ethernet doesn't yep. work now because of what you did. No music, no TV, nothing. And she's trying to do a workout. Like right next door to me right now is our gym and my daughter's sleeping. Yep. So this is like our sweet spot during the day from one to three where my, my son is still at school. My daughter's napping and I've essentially ruined my wife's afternoon. So I'm doing it for the people. I, and we need to get Ellie on at some point to discuss how this whole setup is going. But what have you done to shut the whole internet down? You just plugged in a cable, didn't you? So when you, well, I don't know. You tell me I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm a dummy when it comes to this stuff. So you could argue that I'm a dummy most of the time, but especially with when it comes to yeah. the uh, technological stuff, you know, but when you plug in your ethernet cable, does it not still run the Wi-Fi in the house or does it siphon all that? I, I don't, I don't know, know how to explain Beth, that. I haven't used an Ethernet cable in like 20 years. Well, I used to use an Ethernet cable when I was in Columbus uh, for my Xbox connection because we used to play Call of Duty, like like Modern Warfare, all those old school games. And my connection yeah. was outstanding because of it. So, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this again. But I never thought it would affect my Wi-Fi. Anyway, we'll see if the fans have anything so, to say there. Anybody listening? Was any of that text in cap letters? Like, was it all caps? Like, no. I'm concerned of what the anger level is. Well, no. I think ang the anger level is just at an annoying level right now. It's like an annoyance, <laughs> a minor inconvenience. Yeah. But these things add up yeah. when you're married, you know? And um, <laughs> yeah, But she can still run a hotspot, can't she, off her phone, like to her iPad? I'm I would have thought, you know what? We're going to, the next thing we'll see is an Ethernet cable plugged into her phone while, while she's trying to work out. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. Anyway, so I don't know. I might get a tongue lashing so when the show is over. So I'm going to keep delaying this and yeah. I can stay on with you guys. I was going to say, we'll just make the show go for another go. <laughs> Look at the board. <laughs> Methernet. Um, um, Craig, so what else is going uh, on, Walt? Let's bring in Craig. Yeah. Well, um, is even Craig available? I don't, maybe. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I was just, we're all having a blast laughing at Matt's internet. <laughs> the chat's loving Matt's internet struggles, and now he's getting into impacting his marriage. It's good stuff it's here, boys. Fucking nightmare, boys. We should have <laughs> gone live the three minutes before the show where you were yeah, disconnecting and reconnecting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that we were going to well, get why was my, So, yeah, my connection before the show, before we went live, it was brutal. I was like slow again and distorted. Right? So I had to restart my computer yeah. with like a minute to go before we went live. Yeah. And why? Why is it working smooth now, but it wasn't earlier? I don't know. You restarted your computer, right? I think that's what you did. Yeah. I was having some what? issues too, which was hilarious because we had this like Methernet thing set up and we're like, ah, it'll be funny because mm. it'll be good. And then like a minute before your internet's not working, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but hey, whatever. It worked. It's fun. So at least it's oh, hilarious good. that the rest of your house is, is internetless at the moment without internet. So it's too bad. It's too bad. Well, yeah. Good yeah. luck. Maybe you should make dinner tonight. Uh, I do that every night, Wally. So it's all good. Oh, well, it's not the same. Yet. <laughs> I'm making a I'm making a stew tonight. I bought like the you know when you go to Costco and you buy oh. the big cube meat. But yeah. the problem is my Dutch oven isn't very big. It's like a five quart, I think, and I need a bigger one. So I went to Bed Bath and Beyond today um, to buy a new one, and they didn't have any. <laughs> So I wanted to snap. I drove all the way to Farhaven to get a friggin' Dutch oven, and they didn't have any. So I don't know how I'm going to make dinner tonight. I'm I'm torn here because I don't like Did making them go, in the crock pot. What about Canadian Tire? Ooh, I never went there. 
Would they have that there? I'm gonna Maybe, say yeah. They, they got a decent amount of kitchen stuff there at the old CT. Yeah. Uh, and it was right next yeah. door, too. Anyway, all right. Well, all good. Uh, I'll, I'll adjust. I mean, I'm I'm hard done by today, okay. as so, you guys can tell. So tough life I have. Would, would that be yeah. – so when you serve it, would that be like, here is tonight's Jimmy stew? No. <laughs> I feel like you just wasted a. I feel like you just wasted a headline there at some point. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> so, which is the best part? I I just you've now switched hats in the middle of the show. I don't even understand yeah. you. I, it's like you're in a. Is closet. that the same one you put on um, before? We weren't sure what happened earlier because you just put something on and it kind of looked like a do rag. Yeah. No, okay. Because we couldn't see the back. I, I can't rock a do rag. Yeah, we're just like did, did you just catch it was this backwards. This is yeah, my warrior yeah. so, team hat, team issue. But you took it off like 30 seconds yeah. later. So we're like, did we yeah, just my hat was starting. I, I was starting to get oh, a little, so it's funny. a little tight. I got a really big melon. And uh, sometimes I have issues with hats, but these Wally and Thought hats are good because I can really stretch out Plug. the hat. See that? That's yeah. a big Jupiter yeah. cranium right there. The threes. You, you, you yeah, can get threes. those at gongshowgear.ca, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now what? Um, so speak. So since you're talking about fashion, uh, Ooh, I believe yes. Craig has something uh, to discuss. Yeah, yeah. You guys are both big suit guys, right? More than I was. Brent had a million suits. Matthew always had some nice Wally, suits. Wally, think, Wally had yeah. way more suits than me. Yeah, you 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 were not terrible though. But I mean, I think you've seen a lot of suits too, right? You've seen the guys do the entrances, and now the guys get the pictures and stuff. So we got a few pics of the new guys, and I want you guys to weigh in, kind of on their fit, right? Originally, I was going to call this the like the hip check fit check, but I want Brent helps on this one. He can oh. hip checks. So, yeah, and plus it's too punny. So we're gonna we're just gonna so we're just gonna look at their, yeah we're just gonna look at their, <laughs> their fashion here. So hey, look at this, Alex Warmington. What do we so, think here? See, no. that's that's terrific. I think that's such like the burgundy tie. That that's a Brett Wallace suit. Yeah. Like seriously, that it looks is. like a Wally suit. Like that whole yeah. that look. I love the the plain burgundy tie. I I was yes. wearing it lots. Yeah, big I, fan. Yeah. He's got the nice. Setup. He's got the flow coming out the back. He's got a bit of a smirk, some yeah. strong cheekbones. Really good, Eyes really good look. Squinted to the sun, like ooh, doesn't that, that's Big a good fan one. Okay, of that. no. yeah. Alex Formanton looking good. We need to come up with a rating system right here. Oh, look at Drake here. Drake Johnny Cash. Good. You know what, Johnny Cash. Drake, Drake. Yeah. I love the I love the black on uh, you know the black suit, black tie look. Uh, it's very clean. Um, yeah. But for me, with Drake, more than anything, it's he's got such a strong hairline. You know, I'm a big fan of that hairline. And um, I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, Drake. Anyway, Drake, he's, he's looking good. His fashion, man, he, he's getting up there. Yeah. I remember when he showed up, it wasn't it wasn't what it is now. So I like that he's stepping up his game that, here. So that looks good. Oh, he's got the – is that shabby? Yeah, yeah he's rocking the Gucci that. tie. That's, see, that's, that's a French guy <laughs> thing. The French guys – the yeah. French guys love the designer stuff. It's like some of the European dudes, like Carl and some of those guys, like they really had yeah. to overcompensate sometimes with like a Louis Vuitton something. <laughs> I'm thinking like they're only one dimensional. Like you can't rock a Gucci tie every night, but it's very European. It's very trendy. It looks good. So I can't hate on Shabby and I'm a big Shabby fan. So I'll give him that one. Wally, what do you think about the, yeah, uh, the, the tie not there? Is the tie not okay? Oh, that so is Hunter The problem Green. is with yeah. you only do a half Windsor is that uh -huh. it's going to come over a bit on you and be a little crooked. So I understand why it's like that. He should have just he should have just tied it a little tighter, just a little more snug, yeah. and he would have been all right. The double Windsor. That's the that would always bug the, me. The, the, the oh, problem the is, is tough. Yeah. hey, Wally, yeah. the problem is, though, and you guys yeah. can both understand this, 
is that like when you're playing a home game, like you're driving to the rink on your own, you're not seeing anybody whatsoever. And then you show up to the rink and it's like, you know, there's no one there really other than the one camera guy, maybe. Um, So it's hard to stay motivated to like have your game look top notch unless you're like in LA or something, you know, and it's a little different. I agree. So did you have, by the way, did you have like uh, game suits or off day kind of like I had in my wardrobe, there was like the game suits that were the really nice ones. And then there'd be like practice days where they may be a little yeah. bit older and they're no. not, they're just, you mean, right? yeah. You mean like the mail it in suits, like the total full on yeah. mail job suit. I, yeah. I would rock those all the time. Um, and actually more <laughs> often than not at home, because in the winter I wouldn't even wear a jacket. I'd have like a nice overcoat on. You know what I mean, Wally? Like, so I yeah. I would never wear like a yeah. suit jacket. It would just be overcoat over my dress shirt, and I'd wear like a neutral pant. I I my all my home game suits, especially regular season, they were complete. Mail it in. I don't care. <laughs> but on the road, because I didn't want to get chirped by the boys, I'd have to step it up a little bit sure. more. Because you know you're all you're wearing them way more. What do we think about oh, the God. beverage I, here? One of the by the way. Yeah, that's, oh, is that that's a, heavy. Ryan Dezingle would always have two. <laughs> too much. That's yeah, too much. Yeah. I can't too, do iced that. coffees. That's a lot, man. Yeah. That's a lot. Of, yeah. What is that? A nice coffee or I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. I can't like a, I can't understand that. But Iced whatever. tea maybe. Who knows? Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Brent, what were you going to hop in there and say? You were talking uh, about The liners that. of the jackets are important. Right. Right? So right. If you, uh, the last jacket I got done was, it was I, he said, anything you have in a picture, we can make in a liner. So it's lined yeah. with the picture of my dog Gertie. I love it. That's nice. <laughs> my, That's so my great. family's like, you could have you could have done a picture of us. I'm like, no, it's the dog. Much better. Yeah. yeah. The liners are highly underrated. The problem is people never see them. But I do agree though, Wally. When I they're know. hanging up in your closet and you can see them and they look sharp. I'm with you on that. I like picking a cool liner. All right, boys. I got one more. I got one more for you here. Let me know what you guys think of this uh, this getup and if it's acceptable for the. Uh, <laughs> this is obviously the uh their winning celebration right the bike helmet in the shades there is that uh, what do you guys is think? that tim stutzla is That's that tim stutzla right there yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah popping the shades on struggling to get the helmet it. on uh, he's got it looks hilarious yeah That's fun, <laughs> oh it, it this reminds me matt what was the strangest post-game getup that you've ever had with the team like so the player of the oh. game in the room would get some weird stuff well we were Trying to think of like, because every team's different. They'll hand something out. Yeah. The, the strangest, the funniest one was when I was in Syracuse and we were in the playoffs. Or, sorry, the last 20 games of the year, Kanopka would hand the chisel, the, ha- the hammer and chisel over to like a, a player of the game and we'd hammer into the back of the wall, uh, like the number. Yeah. Uh, and that caused a lot of animosity between him and the trainer. He almost fought the trainer actually because the trainer called him out on it. And you know, Zen and Kanopka did not He's give crazy. two yeah. shits. Grabbed him. Um <laughs> But other than that, I think during that 2017 run, one it was actually one of you two that reminded me that we were yeah. smashing a lawn gnome with like a with like a sledgehammer. So a player <laughs> of the game was designated to walk over to the and the media weren't in the room. No one really had any knowledge of this, but we would yeah. take a hammer to like a little poor lawn gnome and just smash the shit out of it. That that was funny. The guys loved it. We would all just cheer and scream. Uh, but otherwise, I never really wore anything. We wore a Centurion outfit, right? Like the Roman kind of getup, I think, the last year. Craig, yeah. do you remember that? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. There was I that. I remember that was the last year number, yeah. I, yeah, I remember um, during the uh, the tornado that went through um, West Carlton and Carp and was 
they were wearing the uh, Hydro Ottawa or Hydro One outfit with the hard hat and whatnot. Uh, oh, but I, that's They cool. would always come I like out. Like, I have a picture with Ben Harper uh, post game wearing that because they always wanted to be, I guess, seen with that stuff. But uh, nice. the Garden Gnome is it a Sens Garden Gnome or just any Garden Gnome? I I can't remember. It's we we talk about some of these random details from like over the years, and I was so hyper focused into those games that I barely like everything else is a blur. Uh, I think it was just a regular gnome, Wally. I honestly think. I mean, what, Craig? Okay. Do you remember? Yeah, I think so. You know who would know is uh, Chris Young, right? Like he, like because we, like you mentioned, oh, younger, we weren't allowed yeah. to. Yeah, that was one for you guys. We were told we're not allowed to film it or whatever. It's just you guys because I think sometimes it got a little rowdy too. <laughs> so guys, our <laughs> shirts are off and everything going crazy. Oh, like, we, we were going be in for nuts. Those ones. For yeah, sure. so we were asked yeah, not was, to not to yeah. shoot those, but I'm pretty sure that KY KY did. So maybe that's something yeah. down the line. We'll see. Uh, maybe on an anniversary or something, we can dig some of those up and, and see yeah. if we can find if any any he of has, you is showing. Uh, he has all that stuff because I think I, I he reached out to me. I want to say before the season started on Twitter, and I'm following him now, and he was sending yeah. me some pretty old pictures, like stuff that I hadn't seen since I was playing. Yeah. So we'll we'll reach out to him see if we can get some of that footage. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we tried to episode. Oh, there you go. go yeah. Well, I was going to say, we tried to get, um, we, it didn't end up working. We tried to get you guys a title belt, like one of those like uh, wrestling belts or whatever. For, and the, the plan was to give it to you guys so you guys could do player of the game stuff or whatever. But like, let us take a picture of it, right? Or let us get, like, yeah. we're trying to come up with fun ways to make content. So we had to like design some belts and stuff, but it got, it got shut down for monetary reasons. They're not cheap, man. It was like three grand or something like that to get a good one made. So. <laughs> Anyways, wow. it was going to be nice. Sens logo. And yeah, we were going to put like the Twitter logo on it or something stupid. Right? We're just going to do some dumb shit on there. But it didn't nice. end up happening. But that Very one, nice. one would have been a fun one. Yeah, would have been a fun one. For our uh, 100th episode, we'll we'll wear suits, Matt. How about that? Yeah, sure. Ooh. I'm down. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. We have some trivia, Craig. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's okay. let's do this. So uh, uh, our friends at Bone Sauce, uh, they're back. They're back with uh, with us doing some trivia again, uh, as well as they have a code on their website now. If you use the code WAM on their website, uh, you get fifteen percent off your order. Head on over to bonesaucesauceco.com. Hey, there it is, right there. And uh, the picture you're looking at right there is the uh, what we're giving away in today's trivia, which was based Ooh, on our nice. last episode. Yeah, you get win yourself one of those. Uh, it was based off of the Jamie McClennan episode we did. Um, and his amazing story uh, about the St. John Maple Leaf mascot. If you know his name, hey, who was it? Buddy the Puffin, right? And uh, so congrats to at Smitty's Designs. You've just scored yourself uh, one of those cool uh, Bone Sauce Osco uh, kind of Christmassy prize pack things because you were able to get that, that right there. We actually just posted the, the Buddy the Puffin story on its own on YouTube. So if you missed it, you can head on over there. It's up there now as well. If you want to catch just that story, uh, that was a beauty voice. That uh, that McLennan episode. We we talked about it afterwards, but some unreal stories in that one. And uh, uh, it was great. Hey, look at that. And we got some hot sauce given away. Yeah, nice little nice little end to that episode. Uh, Matt, before we go, can you just text your wife and see how she's doing? I I'll be honest with you because I think she could hear me. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm kind of scared right now. She's very intense today because she had me running around. Okay. I had to go buy a bunch of wine bottles and for like our teachers. And I had to do uh, uh, some random little errands, you know, but she was very like, so I'm a little scared. I'm just going to stay here for a little bit. And then I don't know, man, when we're done here, I got to disconnect this thing and run. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going to go. 
Uh, well, Alex just then, sent something. Did you see that there, Brent? Anton Kudobin on Warriors. Alex. Yeah, I no, saw that. I Kudobin. Kudobin was on Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Just, which and he was like a star during the bubble. Um, yeah. Did you play and, with him? And great guy. Yeah, like yeah, such a such a beauty. Like one of the one of the best guys you could have in your room. He's so funny. Like he's gregarious. He's he's a raw raw guy. He's got that thick Russian accent, but speaks very well. Um, I'm I'm surprised, but I haven't been following them enough. Like I don't even know what his numbers are right now. But I know Bish officially retired. Yeah. So where yeah. does that leave them? There must be somebody else in the works here that's going to fill in for uh, them because no, it's got Ray Holpe and the other guy, the, uh, Jake Ottinger. Uh, I can't remember who the. Oh, yes. is it Ottinger? That's so. Those are the yeah. yeah. Okay, but is Ottinger up with the club? Has he been playing NHL games? Yeah, yeah, he's played some games. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay, well then yeah. there you go. I think Kudo, yeah, I think Kudo struggled a little bit. And plus, he's get, he's he's getting up there in age too, right? Like you kind of get that point yeah. where it just yeah, he is a little older. A little bit. It's just it's so. just too bad because he's such a friggin' beauty, like such a good yeah. guy. Anyway, who doesn't who doesn't have a soft spot for those like the weird Russian guys, especially if they're goalies too, man? Like uh, those are those, those are some of my favorite guys to hang out with. I love those guys, hundred percent. And they just find and, and it gives them staying power. Like we're, if you're a good dude like that in the NHL, and I'm not just talking about mm -hmm. the Russian guys, but like anybody in particular where you're like a glue guy, I mean that can add three to four years of playing time for you in the NHL. Like it's crazy because play, teams are always looking for that guys to add in. Alex, just chiming uh, in here. Ottinger, that I, by the way, uh, Oh, go ahead. Seven, I think you seven got games it. for Ottinger. He's, he's five and one with a one fifty two goals against and a nine fifty one save percentage. So he was so really good. He played 14 <laughs> games. Yeah. Ottinger, Ottinger played for the world. Uh, he played at the world's right for the U S didn't he? Yeah. 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 So. He was good. He was really good. So I'm not surprised that I totally forgot about him. Yeah. All right. I think he was the guy they'd kind of been pegging to, or, I mean, planning to put in the net right long term. He's the next big long, piece. He's their, yeah. he's their Gustafson, right? And they're basically waving their Matt Murray, essentially. So kind of yeah. uh, parallels yeah. a little bit there. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. Anyway, for uh, sure. tough news about Ben Bishop before we go. Like, uh, yeah. And I know you guys are really close. Like, that's, that's tough because he's such another good dude. Uh, I always enjoyed the time with him. So uh, congrats. Well, congrats to Ben on a great career, but sorry to see it cut short, obviously. Yeah, yeah, good guy and monster of a human being. Very tall, and when he was on his game, he was so good. I mean, so calming back there, yeah. covered the whole net. So I uh, hate to see that. I can relate. Uh, knee injuries are no fun, and I know it was a meniscus in his case, which to me was odd because typically you're, those meniscus surgeries are pretty successful. I think their success rate is pretty high, so he got the short end there, and I feel bad for him, but you said it best there, Wally. Congratulations to you, Ben. Um, you had a great career. Uh, we will see you Thursday. I, I, although, Matt, if you could just videotape live the next time you have a discussion with <laughs> Ellie, we would all be in on that. Uh, no. Anyway, keep us posted maybe on Twitter to see how things go. But well, that, you might you might see my name in the news, okay? I'll be in the obituary tomorrow. So. <laughs> see you guys. Enjoy well, your stew. Hope you're there on Thursday. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.